Good morning. Good morning. Let's get this out of the way. Um, lean over to the person that you brought here for the first time that was in town for Thanksgiving and whisper, this isn't the regular pastor. Come on, fess up. I know you were thinking it. Okay, we're going to have some fun today. Today is going to be a little different since our church culture is a culture of joy and celebration. We're going to celebrate what God is doing in our midst, and we're going to celebrate some people that God has been raising up in our midst. For the last three weeks, Pastor Jason has revealed the vision of our church for the next several decades, and this is exciting, and that's to become a church that makes disciples, that make disciples, that plant churches, that plant churches. To go from a level three church, which is a church that simply adds to its numbers, which is great, nothing wrong with that, to become a level five church that multiplies on every level, team members, artists, leaders, so that the message of the good news of Jesus Christ can go out to not just our Jerusalem, but our Judea and our Samaria. And to me, that's exciting because in 30 years, when I'm 87, which I think just scared my wife, <laughs> I want to be doing exactly what I'm doing here. Maybe not on this stage, but I want to be telling people about Jesus for the next several decades, and I hope that's where you guys are. It's been really cool throughout the, the last few months, especially in the ICNU Leadership Development Series and the Artist Development Series called Works of Art to know that everybody that's needed to accomplish the mission of multiplication, accomplish that vision, is sitting right in these seats. So today we're going to celebrate that. What an encouraging message last week to know that the, the Stevens and the Pauls and the Barnabases and the Phillips and, and even the Sauls are, are right here in our church. And, and that may surprise you that there are Sauls. I, I was a Saul. Check this out. The day before Jesus changed my life. So we're talking September 25th, 2006. The day before I was taking his name in vain. I hated Jesus. The words, Jesus Christ, made me cringe. I made fun of Christians all the time. And the very next day, over the phone, which is, that's the sign for being on the phone. The, the very next day, over the phone, somebody told me about Jesus and transformed my life instantaneously. Jesus regenerated my heart and took me from a Jewish atheist alcoholic pot smoker to a lover of Jesus. That was 12 years ago, and I'm standing here today. Give him the praise for that. Only God. Only God. So, so I hope you're not sitting there saying, well, God can't use me, because he can. And, and don't say, well, David, you don't, you don't know what I did. You're, you're right, I don't but I know what he did, and he gave everything in order to save you and send you. And that's what we've been talking about for the last couple of months. You know, it's, it's a really remarkable thing when God is, is moving in people's lives like he moved in Stephen's life. And that's what we're going to take a look at today. So if you have a Bible, open it up to Acts chapter 7. We're going to look at verses 54 to 60. We're going to go through them all. We won't have time to unpack them all because we're going to be doing some celebrating today. Okay? All right. 
So here's Stephen, who is all in. Stephen is so all in. He is out there telling everybody he knows about Jesus. Disciples, according to scripture, are being multiplied greatly. Okay, so nobody was paying attention the last couple of weeks. Multiplied greatly. And then things take a little twist. The Jewish people that he is telling about Jesus, they, they don't want to hear about Jesus. And when he talks about Jesus on the same level as God, they believe that is blaspheming God. They think that is punishable by death. So here we are at the execution of Stephen, the stoning of Stephen. Now, when they heard these things, they were enraged and they ground their teeth at him. But he, Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, and remember, Pastor Jason said, when we're looking for leaders, we're looking for leaders who are filled with the Spirit and filled with wisdom. So, so Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing which is an operative word here, standing at the right hand of God. And he said, behold, I see the heavens open and the son of man standing at the right hand of God. But they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and rushed together at him. Then they cast him out of the city and they stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. And as they were stoning Stephen, Stephen called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he said this, he fell asleep. He died. And what we see jam-packed in these verses are the three S's that Pastor Jason talked about a couple of weeks ago the need for the spirit, the need for stubbornness, and the need for sacrifice. So we see that Stephen is filled with the spirit, and God never said, I'm going to ask you to do great things on our own strength. He says, you'll do great things when the spirit comes upon you. So here the spirit has come upon Stephen, and as he's telling people, the spirit is coming upon a whole bunch of people. And then there's the stubbornness. Stephen ain't coming off that mission. He's not going to go, oh, yeah, you're right. Uh, I do not want to get stoned. So, yeah, everything I said, that's not true. No, Stephen is stubborn on the mission, stubborn on the vision, stubborn on taking the gospel to all ends of the earth. And we need to do that, too. We need to be just as stubborn. And then, clearly, there's sacrifice. Sometimes the sacrifice comes in the form of a Barnabas who sells everything and 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 gives to fund the mission of the church. As we heard, that a move of God has to be fueled by the Spirit, but funded by his people. And sometimes there's great sacrifice, as we see here with Stephen. I don't know if you heard about a guy named John Chow, but he was a missionary out of Washington State, and he studied an indigenous people group that had not been reached off the coast of India. Studied them for years. And last week he went there and he greeted them and he said, my name is John, I love Jesus, and I'm here to tell you about Jesus. And they killed him. It happened last week. Real sacrifice, not thousands of years ago, but last week, 
So we have to ask ourselves a question. What are we willing to sacrifice? Are we willing to sacrifice our, our pride and, and be led by the Spirit when the Spirit says, hey, tell, tell this person in line at the Kroger about Jesus. Are we willing to tell them based upon what they might respond to us? Are we willing to sacrifice our weekends? Are we willing to say, hey, you know, God, you gave me this weekend. I'm going to give it back to you, and I'm going to serve at a serve Saturday. Are we willing to sacrifice our finances? Are we willing to begin tithing? And we've got to be sacrificial. We've got to be stubborn on this mission because the lost person in Canton or in Jasper is just as lost as the lost person off the coast of India. And maybe the lost person in Canton doesn't even know it. So we got to be stubborn on that mission. So, so yeah, in, in Scripture, we see the Pauls and the Barnabases and the Stevens and the Phillips, but they're right here in our church. But let's take a look at Jesus in these verses. What is Jesus doing in the verses? We know through the gospel that Jesus is seated at God's right hand. How do we know that? Well, the gospel is that he was sent from heaven to live here fully man, fully God, to live the life that we couldn't live, which is a sinless life. Scripture says all have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. And to die the death that we deserve. We deserve death because there's a penalty to sin, and that's eternal separation from God. So Jesus pays that penalty for us. He dies. He raises from the dead three days later. He walks around the earth. He ascends to heaven, and he sits down at God's right hand as confirmation that his entire mission of redemption is complete. He sits. But here, we see that Jesus is standing. It's amazing. So a couple schools of thought on this. Stephen is affirming, or, or Jesus is affirming Stephen. Jesus is affirming Stephen. Jesus is welcoming Stephen. Jesus is celebrating Stephen. And another school of thought is, as we know in Matthew chapter 10, you don't have to turn there, but in Matthew chapter 10, Jesus says, whoever confesses me before men, I will in turn confess before my Father in heaven. So he is not only affirming Stephen, he's vouching for Stephen. He's saying, Stephen's good, he's with me. Either way. Either way, Jesus is celebrating Stephen both ways. Jesus is giving Stephen a standing ovation. Can you imagine that? Jesus giving a standing ovation to Stephen. There, there's so much in these verses, and it would take uh, several sermons to unpack it, especially when we see that, that Paul is basically the coat check guy for the guys who are stoning Stephen. There's all kinds of stuff in there. But what we want you to take out of this today is that Stephen's death sets up the gospel going outside of Jerusalem. Up until then, everything was within the city of Jerusalem. Now it's setting up a sequence of events that has the apostles being sent out. And the second thing is that Jesus is celebrating Stephen. 
So today, we want to celebrate some people who have been raised up in our church who are taking this, um, this Acts 1-8, which is you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and all ends of the earth, taking that seriously. We also want to convey that Revolution Church is taking this seriously. Three to five isn't just a message series. Three to five is a biblical mandate. Started here a couple years ago when there was that mission to go to, to Jasper and leaders were raised up and sent to Jasper, led by Pastor Chad Elliott and Pastor Thad Wood. And they are raising up leaders. They are, they are hero making up there in Jasper. So today we want to introduce you to some heroes who have been raised up in this church. So please welcome Rodney Richards. You can applaud. Rodney Richards, Helen Malloy, Zip Kane, and Hernan Diviez. And what's really cool, all five of us started on the welcome team here at Revolution Church. Rodney, go welcome team. Rodney has been a steward here since 2014. And Rodney has served faithfully on the welcome team, the facilities team, joined a group, raised up to lead a group. Now Rodney leads a group here on Monday nights at the church. It's our singles discipleship group. And just a short time ago, we had an I see in you conversation. It said, I see in you the leadership qualities to go and create what's called a microsite. And we started a microsite in an independent, assisted, and memory care community on Sixers Road in Canton called The Arbor. And every Sunday now, Rodney and his team, including a guy named Jose, who's on our worship team, he plays the piano, he sings hymns down there at The Arbor. We play a message of Pastor Jason up on the screen. Uh, they pray over people. Every Sunday, a third of the residents in this entire community are coming to church. So what were you thinking when we had that ICNU conversation? I was wondering what you was thinking because it was a, definitely a wow <laughs> moment and I wasn't expecting it, So, but that's the way God does. And a lot of times God asks us to stretch ourselves further. So that was what was going through my mind. I'm like, I'm doing a lot right now. Can I do this? And God said, yes. He, he said, yes, we saw that in you. And now that you're seeing fruit, four people have gotten saved. You're seeing incredible, four people have gotten saved. You're seeing, you're seeing fruit in other ways. Oh, absolutely. It's uh, the staff, not only because they're working on Sundays, so we're actually taking church to them. So where they would not have an ability to come to our church, we're taking the church to them. And it's kind of neat that we get to put our stickers on the back of their wheelchairs and their walkers. So we know which <laughs> ones is ours now. So we tagged them. We're tagging them and bagging them. So today we want to celebrate and send Rodney. Helen Malloy. Helen Malloy came here in 2013, joined the church uh, less than two months after you walked in the doors. You've served faithfully here on the welcome team. In just a little bit, Helen is going to Vietnam to live, to be a teacher. She's going with a Christian organization, and her heart is to bring the message of Jesus to orphans in Vietnam. 
What, Thank you. what prompted you to go there? Um, I was born in Vietnam. I spent um, my years in Vietnam living in Catholic school, raised by nuns. Then I was, my, parent, my mother gave me up and went to France and lived as an orphan in an orphanage. And I know what it's like to be alone and uh, feel like, you know, it's the world. You, you against the world. Mm. And um, I thought, when I grow up, I want to help other kids um, to survive and, um, you know, succeed in life. So now I think that it's very important. I want to go back over there uh, with Teach Beyond, a Christian organization, to, uh, teach the kids, give them a good education, help them, because I do believe that education is the way out of poverty, and but also the gospel, teach them about God so that they have God, Christ in them, so that they know that even though they do not have mm. parents in this world, they always have their heavenly father with them, mm. and who's always going to be with them, never going to give up on them, never give them up, always be there for them. And wow. I think with education and with God, they will be ready for the world. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> Helen, you took a step of obedience uh, to begin tithing. How has your life changed since then? Well, at first, it wasn't obedience. It was fear. <laughs> I, um, I tithe because I signed the paper saying that I will become a member, and as a member, I will give 10%, and I wasn't doing it 10%. So I didn't want to be sued for breach of contract, which <laughs> I really thought I really thought they were going to sue me. I was the one squirming when Pastor Jason talked about tithing. I said, they know, they know. So <laughs> I start tithing, and then as I grew in Christ, I realized, yeah, okay, uh, I've gotten so much out of it. I see how it has changed me, and I wanted to invest in the church. I want to see it grow, mm -hmm. to reach more yep. people, to help more people, and wow. save them like it did for me. Amen. So I start um, tithing. Um, I went from reluctant giver to a cheerful giver Amen. and I realized this is not about money it's about obedience yes. and trust yes. and faith awesome. and I was willing to obey it does say in the Bible to tithe so being good Christian I am that I'm going to do that <laughs> but uh, I said okay trust that God yes. will provide I'm like I don't know but okay we'll see and he does I always had enough to pay all the bills so believe me, if you think you can't afford to tithe, uh, you cannot afford not tithing. Amen. Because the things that God will give you that you will get is so much more than what you're giving. Amen. Amen. <laughs> that commercial was not paid for by Revolution Church. <laughs> Zip and Hernan. I love these guys. Uh, they were, yeah, somebody else does too. That's awesome. Um, they, they came to our church, raised up in our church, saved in our church, joined the church the very same day, became stewards uh, back in June of 2010. They continued to serve. They came on staff at our church. And because these guys live on mission, they saw a need in downtown Canton through our Serve Saturday initiative. They started something called The Block, and it's basically become church on Wednesday nights. Zip, what was the need and how did that happen? Yeah, so through the block event that we were doing on Surf Saturday, um, 
mostly it was Hispanic families that came to it. Um, so when everybody came in, they would fill out a sheet with their information, and then they would tell us what their greatest need was. And about 95% of them said, we need to learn how to read and speak English. So mm. I looked at Hernan, and I was like, well, how can we use that as a platform to share the gospel um, to start an ESL class, which is English as a second language. And so we just uh, took a step of faith to start it, and then God sent uh, Sandy Martinez uh, to teach the class. Who was is, who is raised up in our church. Yep, she was raised up in the church. And then Linda Hillman, uh, she raised took up on in our church. the kids' um, portion of that, where they take, while the parents are learning English, their kids are learning about Jesus on their level. So they take whatever happen, happens here on Sundays at Rev Kids, she does that with the kids on Wednesday nights. And then during the ESL class, um, Hernan has his group that meets, and then at the end of it, we use that as an opportunity to share the gospel, um, Jason's message, but translated in Spanish through my brother here. So Hernan, it's awesome. So these guys, as you're hearing, they're not just heroes, they're hero-making. Hernan is taking Pastor Jason's messages, translating them into Spanish, going into the community uh, of folks that, that probably aren't going to come to this building on a Sunday. So how are you doing that each Wednesday night, and how have you raised up leaders? Yeah, well, uh, my friend said, Steve Kane, uh, we started two years ago. Um, it was in, in Tippins doing the, the block every month. And during the uh, serving time and serve Saturday, we have um, devotion time. We, do, we did it before we eat lunch with everybody. And during the devotion time, uh, down that time two years ago, we had seven people get saved. Wow. Um, yes. And, yeah, thank you. And at the beginning of the year, we start. Uh, start the ESOL classes and Ryan Tippins. So we rent for the rooms, classrooms inside, and we start doing the classes. And we add, um, I start a Spanish connection group. Um, I have some great uh, leaders that come over here every Sunday, and we meet there every Wednesday. Every Wednesday, and we start the devotion out there as well. And and during that time, the beginning of the year, we have around 15 people get safe out there. And this summer, this summer, we, Sip and I, we kind of talk and say, all right, so how we get this bigger and how we bring our vision of the church for what we do out there. So we start um, adding worship. Um, we have two songs of worship. Um, we have Jason Sermons translated in Spanish, so we share now not only 10, 15 minutes, but we go through 20 minutes. So, and we have great leaders, mm -hmm. like I said, they come over here, yep. Fabio Basque, uh, Jorge, and their wife. Um, and a lot of leaders even and come to the church, they don't even speak Spanish, they've been connecting every Wednesday night. So, yep. So these guys are taking, yes. These guys are taking the Great Commission seriously, and they're going and making disciples. So if Pastor Jason would come out now, what we want to do is we want to pray over them, and we want to send them. So uh, just as, just as uh, Jesus stood, uh, can we stand as we are going to pray over them? If you can't stand, it's okay. But everybody, just hold your hand out as we pray over these heroes. That's right. Let's pray. Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for um, the fact that none of us deserve your grace, but that you saved us. In this Thanksgiving season, God, that is what we're the most thankful for. We're the most thankful for Jesus. And I thank you for 
these four amazing people and how you saved them, how you empowered them, and now how you are leveraging their life for the sake of the same gospel that came to them. And so, God, I thank you for who they are. And as a church, we, we do, we want to stand and celebrate them and send a very clear message that just like you saved them, you've empowered them, and now you are leveraging them, you can do the same thing with anybody else sitting here. And so, God, we wanted their stories to be the sermon today, to be the sermon about what you could do in someone's life who just trusted you. And so, God, we pray now specifically. We thank you for Rodney and for who he is, God, for just the impact he's had here at, on our team and our staff and our church. Um, there's not a person that I've ever met that didn't like Rodney and who he is and the joy that he brings. And so, God, I thank you that he was willing to step into something that was new and different and scared him a little bit. Um, and now, God, you are using his life um, in a way to reach a group of people right here in our own community that would have gone overlooked um, and does go overlooked so often. And so, God, I thank you for him and the love that he has and the, the heart that he has to pastor people and to, to care for them. And I just pray, God, that you would continue to use his life, not only to love the people there at the arbors, God, but to apprentice and raise up other people to do the same thing. Um, God, we thank you for his heart and his commitment to do that. God, we thank you for Helen and just how you have um, moved so mightily in her life. What an amazing story um, of a little girl in Vietnam who didn't know that you loved her, but through the love that she was shown. And then you moved her here to a new country to start a new life and a new business and just how you've blessed her life. And now through a lot of different events, you are sending her right back to the very country to care for people that were just like her. And so God, we thank you for her. We thank you that she is courageous enough to believe you, to trust you, just like she was talking about earlier. She trusted you and you have come through in her life. And God, her story is so amazing just because of she doesn't want to waste her life. She's not looking at the rest of her life like so many just to kind of wind down, God. She's literally going back and doing something so brave and something that people might look at as so crazy, God, but we know that you are in it. And God, we pray that you would not only bless her to get there and to get started and to teach and to love orphans, God, I just pray that you would bless her beyond what she could even dream or imagine. God, and we look forward to seeing what you're going to do there and how we can continue to partner with her and the work that you want to do there in that country. Um, open every door that she needs, God. I pray that that country would be a different place because she's there. Like we talked last week, I pray that there'd be great joy in those cities because Helen is there. And so, God, help us to continue to pray for her and love for her and care for her, God. And thank you for the inspiration that she is to so many because she is simply just stepping out and trusting you. God, And we thank you for her. God, we thank you for Zip and Hernan and just how you have not only saved both of them here. What an amazing testimony, God. They both got saved here. They both just started serving here. Um, 
Then Zip came on staff and then Apprentice Hernan, he came on staff and took Zip's job. And, and God, it's just this amazing story of multiplication that you've been writing over the last nine years, long before uh, we were ever in tune to what you were doing. You were already doing it. And so, God, I thank you. I thank you for both of their hearts to reach our community, um, for Zip's heart to continue to go out and partner with people in our community to see the needs and to constantly push our church and people in our church to think outside, to think more, to, to see the needs around them and to live on mission. God, and I thank you for Hernan, how you brought him here from Venezuela. And now you are using that background to allow him to reach a lot of people that were just like him, who speak his same language. And now you're leveraging his life in a way that Years ago, he never thought were possible. Even sometimes today, he still doesn't think it's possible. God, but I thank you that you have empowered him and given him your heart to love a group of people in our community that, again, our church would not reach because of language barriers and uh, social barriers, God, but we are going to them with the gospel. And so, God, I pray that you would bless them, open up new doors, uh, open up new ways to reach out to our community, God, whether it's through an outreach center, whether it's through other things that we can do that we haven't even thought about doing yet. God, I pray that as they are sent out as a part of our church, that you would continue to open those doors and the connections that we need and the opportunities and give us the courage to walk through them. God, and we thank you for all four of these and just who they are. And I pray that their story today, God, would be an amazing sermon. And thank you for how it is. Um, It is just a story about what you can do with somebody's life who's willing to trust you. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yeah, let's give it up for him one last time. Thank you, guys. You guys can have a seat. Um, I want to introduce you to one more person. Um, this is somebody who is a part of our church family in a, in a different and, and unique way. And I'll, and I'll share a little bit more about that. But this is Greg Sizemore. And Greg is planting a church in North Paulding, uh, North Paulding High School, hopefully in North Paulding County. And I wanted him to come and share a little bit about his story. Again, another story of multiplication. And the cool thing is, you know, the people that you just saw here were just people from our church that God is using. But Greg is a part uh, or was a part of the church that actually planted our church, Westridge Church over in Dallas, uh, Georgia. It's always weird to say Dallas, Georgia, because I always think Dallas, Texas, going to the big D, don't mean Dallas, right? And, um, and so he was going to church there, and I'm going to let him share a little bit about that. But it's just a really cool story, again, when you think of multiplication, that even though he wasn't raised up within Revolution Church, he was raised up in the church that planted Revolution Church. And now Revolution Church is getting the opportunity to plant him in a new church. And so why don't you just tell us a little bit about that, about what happened to you while you were at Westridge and kind of how you got to this point. Yeah, so we moved to Georgia from Houston, Texas, my my, my fellow Texan over here. And yes, we are huge in Texas. It's just true. So (laughs) Everything's uh, bigger in Texas, including the Indians. It's so true. Uh, But anyway, so we moved here summer of 06, started going to Westridge. You know, I grew up in a a, kind of an independent Baptist church. Um, We we called ourselves contemporary, but uh, that we weren't cool at all. You know what I mean? And so I I came to a church much like you guys experience every week for the first time when we moved here. And the worship was awesome. The environment was good. And it was just super inspirational for me. So me and my wife uh, plugged in right away. Um, Kind of a crazy story. God was stirring in my heart at, at that time from really 2005 to 2006. My son was born, my first 
born was was uh, born in 2005, and I had a calling on my life since I was a kid, but had kind of been running from it. I was in 2005 at the top of my game in my you know career. I was in finance and the automobile industry, and was just killing it, um, making a bunch of money and investing, and just kind of chasing the American dream. But when we moved here, God was just stirring um, passion and purpose, and kind of what's the meaning of my life and all that. So I was in just this weird kind of vulnerable place whenever we moved here, and so to go to Westridge and to uh, plug in and start serving. It was just, it was, it was good and refreshing. But then I had this huge kind of radical shift in my life where God called me out. Me and Jesus had a real serious conversation because I had been leveraging all of my gifts, all of my talents, all the things that God had given me to build my own kingdom instead of his. Um, so if you ever invite me back, I'll preach that sermon. It's, it's, it's legit. Um, but just had this moment where I, I literally sold everything I had. Uh, long story short, I quit my job, sold everything, and started serving in student ministry as a local missionary in student ministry, which that's actually not a real thing, uh, but that's what I was doing, uh, literally raising support. I said, man, I'll raise my money. I'll work here for free. If you guys will disciple me, man, I, I've got this calling. I've got all this leadership and all these things, but man, I want to, I want to build the kingdom. So show me what to do. Yeah. So brutal process for about three and a half years. I, I did that and uh, went from riches to rags, like overnight, you know, begging for money and the whole deal. It was terrible, but it was awesome because God was moving in power. Uh, students were coming to know Christ. We were baptizing kids uh, seeing them just get passionate about Jesus and sending them out. And so it really lit a fire in me um, that, that I will never, you know, Lord willing, turn back because uh, it's just, it ignited that passion. So after a long process, um, really church planting, the first time I ever heard that phrase was at Westridge. They had a church planting school and they were all about it. They would talk about it all the time. And I'm somewhat of an entrepreneurial thinker anyway, so the idea was always cool. The radical faith was always cool. I loved, you know, I'm dumb like that. Like, I just, I'm dumb <laughs> enough to say yes, um, but it was exciting. And so anyways, long story short, uh, we, I landed with the church that I'm at now, which is LifeBridge Church, which is kind of how we all in, intersect, uh, which I'll let Jason share a little bit about the network and how all that came together. Um, but man, it's just been a cool process to see God plant that seed in me and then actually slowed me down for a season to prepare me for where we're at now. So I'll let you talk about the network, and then we'll talk about Creekside. That's awesome. Yeah, so he was um, on staff, or is currently on staff, at a church called LifeBridge Church. And, and again, just kind of the cool God story is when he went to Westridge, the student pastor there, his name is James Griffin. And before I came to Revolution, James was actually speaking here. Some of you remember back in the conference center days uh, in the summer of 2009, James would come speak here some. And then I came in 2010, and then James left Westridge to go to uh, Cartersville to take over what was Oakleaf Church, which was the second church plant of Westridge. They since changed the name to Cross Point City Church. So James and I are, are, he's one of my best friends in ministry there in Cartersville and our two churches a couple years ago came together and started a church planning network where we wanted to work together as churches in a local community to start churches, to plant churches. And so James has spoken here before at our men's conference and other things. And, and through that process, us, Cross Point City, LifeBridge, where Aaron is, uh, not Aaron, Aaron's the pastor there. Greg is on staff, North Metro Church in Kennesaw, uh, just several churches, Oakleaf here in Canton, started to work together to say, man, how do we partner together to plant churches? How do we do this multiplying thing? And so Greg was 
we, and how we do that is we do a residency program where we bring uh, potential guys in and they do a nine-month residency program with us. It's a once-a-month thing. We're training them, working uh, the process. They're praying about what God would have them do. Well, Greg was going through that process to lead potentially another location for LifeBridge, and it was through that process. I'll never forget that day I was there talking on vision and helping frame vision for a church and, and I was talking about this last service. I could just see it in Greg's mind. You can just tell when someone's working in God's mind, you can read it on their face, right? Like you can just see God is messing with them and it's having a visible effect because they're like wrestling through all of that. I'll never forget that day. Greg was just writing all this stuff on the board, thinking about vision. And it started becoming pretty clear like, oh, bro, I think God's calling you to plant a church. And, and that's what happened. And so it was through that whole residency process that he finished. We actually had a commissioning here on our stage back in May during the week because we meet together once a month. We brought him up on stage, had worship, prayed for them, him and his wife, Leilani. And they are going to start a new church. Uh, he ends, ends LifeBridge this year, right? And then right. starting yeah, out in January. Yep. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that and that yeah, so, so January will be done uh, at LifeBridge, and this is really cool just uh, to see God move and, and work because LifeBridge, uh, much like the heart of multiplication here that you guys have been talking about, and, and this is the first time we're birthing a brand new church. Like They are sending us out, launching us out yeah. with a bunch of money, with a bunch of people. Like this is just, it's like we're birthing a baby. I'm sorry, I'm a big baby. This is awesome. Yeah, um, that's true, you are. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's what's happening. Yeah. But it's, it's just healthy and it's cool to see God move because that's just not normal. Um, yeah. That's a really hard thing to do. Uh, we talk about it all the time, but this is the first time we're actually doing it. And so we're gonna feel it, um, but we also feel God just, just orchestrating the whole deal and it's been cool. So the process Jason was talking about, you know, we, we kind of had this dual thing going on, or I had a dual thing going on in my head where we were doing this vision. We were thinking about this multi-site. I was drawing up the frame and I started answering every question with two answers. One, what would I say if I were planting this multi-site of life bridge? Two, what would I say if I was a church planner? And, and those answers started to become a little bit different, which was really weird for me. That's what you saw in my face that day because I think Aaron might have even been standing there. So I was saying things that like wasn't exactly what we what we're going to do. Um, and, and not that my vision or even what we're going to do is much different than what we're doing at LifeBridge. It's just a different voice. It's a different language, but it's yeah. the same mission, same commission. Um, so I just remember God stirring that in me and, and what you saw is exactly what was happening was God was just birthing that, man, you need to start this work. I've, I've called you, uh, I saved you, I've gifted you, given you a voice, given you a vision and go, go do it. And so for me, Creekside Church is just simply going to be a place where we make disciples. I mean, our, our little tagline, if you will, is just radically loving people and simply equipping them, um, which is just a cooler way to say the Great Commission and Great Commandment, you yeah. know, to love God, love people, and, and go make disciples who make disciples. So God's just given me that, that vision, a unique voice to speak into that. Um, I call myself brilliantly dumb because um, I, <laughs> I, I teach it on a really simple level so that it's actually multipliable, and, and we'll see where it goes. So super excited. Like, like you said, I'll uh, fall 2019 is when we'll launch. Um, if you guys want information about it, you can go to creekside.church. Um, it's a landing page with a giving button right now. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. the first thing we had to take care of was we are raising funds and all that fun stuff. But uh, by the first of next week, we'll have all of our you know vision, mission, value, strategy, all that fun stuff. So that's awesome. Come on. So Greg, again, yeah, he, yeah. 
that's, that's really the power of multiplication, like he said, and, and his pastor Aaron and LifeBridge Church, I'm telling you, is willing to do what most pastors simply aren't willing to do, uh, to send a guy. I mean, he's basically the number two guy there, and even the worship leaders going and a couple yeah. other people sending them out. And it's one of those things to say, how do we celebrate this? And as a network, we're, we're all coming together. So our church is supporting them, Cross Point City, LifeBridge, North Metro, Westridge. So all of our churches, Oakleaf here in Canton, working together to send him out. And I love that. As one guy told me one time, a win anywhere is a win everywhere. And so we're celebrating that as a win. And I want to say this to you as a church is not only do I believe in Greg and his wife, Leilani, and their church and what God is doing. But I, so much so to say a couple things to you. One, if you know people who live in the North Paulding area, that would be a, this would be a great place for them. Maybe they're, well, especially if they're unchurched or de-churched or, you know, whatever, this would be a great thing for them to get involved in. But two, I also want to challenge you, maybe some of you, you live closer to that area than you live here and God would be calling you to go with him. Uh, to go with him and plant this church and help support him and doing what he's doing. And then obviously at the same time to give, to support them. We as a church are already doing that. And, uh, and I just want to say that to you as a church that this is not just about Revolution Church. It's not about just planting our campuses and other things. It's, all, it's just about the kingdom. And that's what's amazing is we've been uh, privileged to have a part in this. And I can't wait to see what God does. So same thing. Would you stand to your feet? We're going to pray for him. All right. Father, thank you. Uh, again, thank you for your grace. Thank you for who you are and what you're doing. And God, I thank you for Greg and just how you have used his life. God, how you have um, moved in a mighty way to not only save him, but to remind him that you put him on this planet for this reason. And so God, thank you for his obedience and his willingness to step out in faith, to start a new church. Uh, it is the hardest thing in the world to start something new. Um, God, there's a lot, of, a lot of work that has to be done, a lot of opposition that comes. But thank you, God, that as churches just here in, in North Georgia area, we are coming together to celebrate and work together to plant new churches. And I just have, have to believe, God, that's all, always how you've wanted it to be. And so thank you for Greg and just his willingness to step out and do that and his wife. And God, I pray as they make this move in 2019, it's gonna be, the toughest thing they've ever done, but I pray it would be the best thing that they've ever done. God bless them. God give them the grace that, and the power that they need to lead. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, buddy. Love you, man. All right, you guys can have a seat again. Thanks for standing with us and sitting and standing and sitting. It's a little bit different. Um, but again, we wanted their stories today to be the sermon. Um, we wanted the stories of what God was doing just through people like you. And, and that's the amazing part. And as we've started this multiplication journey um, from a micro level all the way up, uh, planting Jasper and now planting churches and planting things outside of our church and in different ways, the amazing thing to me, and I said this last week if you were here, and the most exciting thing to me is he wants to use people like you. Just normal people. That's why we wanted them to, you to see them today. Just normal people that were, and I love how David said it earlier, everybody just on the welcome team. And, and now God is using them, whether it's to go to another country, another county, another campus, whatever it is, um, it's really, really amazing. And so I just want you to hear that, to say, you never know what God could do through your life if you just simply trusted him. 
You just simply trusted him. And obviously that first and foremost begins with trusting him with your life, trusting Jesus as your savior. So now we're going to have our response time and then we'll have our time of giving after that. And before we do that, as always, the response very simply is if you haven't trusted Jesus, trust Jesus. If you have trusted Jesus, but God is asking you to take the next step, like Helen said, to trust Jesus and tithe or trust Jesus and move out into something new like Rodney was doing. Whatever it is, I just want to encourage you, whether it's trusting Jesus for the first time or trusting Jesus for the next time, I want you to do that. All right, let's pray. We'll have our time of response and then our time of giving. Father, thank you for these stories, for these men and women who just simply are stepping out in faith and trusting you. And God, we know that they are making that step simply because they took the first step to trust you as their savior, to trust Jesus with their life, with their eternity. And so God, I pray right now for anybody who's here or listening or watching, God, who's never trusted Jesus, who has never had that moment where they crossed over from death to life and trusted you and been saved. I pray right now, God, you would save them. No one looking or, or talking here as we close as always, but if you're here today and you have never trusted Jesus, you have never stepped over that line of faith and given your heart and life to him, I want you to understand it's the greatest decision you can ever make. And you may be thinking there is no way that God can save me, but I hope you understand the stories today. Just like last week, if God could save Saul if God could save David, if God could save us, trust me, he can save you. In fact, God loves to save people that other people think are beyond saving. And so if that's you today and you've never trusted Jesus, I simply want to offer you that opportunity. And so what we're going to do is I'm going to lead you in a prayer of confession. If you want to trust him, you can pray, not out loud, but repeat after me. And it goes like this. Say, Father, thank you for loving me that you sent your son Jesus in my place for my sin. I ask you to save me, forgive me. I give you my life. Thank you for loving me. Now again, nobody looking around or talking, Canton and Jasper, if you trusted Jesus today, would you very simply just lift your hand up so we can see that? Just lift it up, thank you. We got men and women are gonna walk around, put a gift in your hand, when they do, you can put your hand down. Thank you. Now, for those of us who have trusted Jesus, but you may feel like God is stirring something in you to trust him even more with this next step, and maybe it is that next step of tithing. Maybe it is that next step of serving. Maybe it is that next step of joining the church or leadership or whatever that looks like. I wanna encourage you to make that same step. Again, there's never a day in your life where you won't have to trust God, where you won't have to take that next step of obedience. And so if you take that next step, I promise you, you will see God do things in your life that you just simply thought were not possible. And he wants to use and leverage people just like you to multiply his kingdom. Father, we thank you for these stories. We thank you for the, the people the families that they represent. And God, I pray that as we set our sights on this multiplication vision, that we would never come off the fact that you simply want to use people that are full of the spirit and full of wisdom. 
We all feel unqualified. And God, forgive us if we're so prideful to think that we are qualified, because we're not. None of us deserve it. But God, I pray that you would literally start a revolution like our name says, a revolution where not only people are learning how to love you, but then leveraging their life to grow people. And so God, I thank you for these people today that we've shared their stories and just their simple willingness to trust you. And God, I pray you'd raise up more just like them. In Jesus' name, amen.